Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. She makes me lay down in green pastures. She leads me beside still waters. She restores my soul. She leads me in paths of righteousness for her name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 39 through 44. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord, Go serve every one of of you his idols, now and hereafter, if you will not listen to me. But my holy name you shall no more profane with your gifts and your idols. For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God, there all the house of Israel, all of them, shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will require your contributions and the choicest of your gifts, with all your sacred offerings. As a pleasing aroma I will accept you, when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defiled yourselves. And you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you have committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1 through chapter 7 verse 4 Now I watched the Lamb open one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a loud voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal I heard the second living creature say, Come! And out came another horse, bright red Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God, and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were given, 
They were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer, until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with a seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Good morning and welcome to the third Friday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 23, Ezekiel 20, and Revelation 6 and 7. And there's a long reading from Revelation, and it made me think, actually, if... Anyway, so John's... Yeah, John's Revelation comes kind of late, I think... I think the consensus is almost 90 CE, so 60 years or so after Jesus' ministry and witness to the early church um, up till the turn of the century. But, and I, this just kind of popped in my head later, it doesn't get incorporated into canon until Nicaea in 325, so two, 200 some odd years later. Um, and I say that because it has the closing part of it, as we read chapter 7, um, those who uh, had been killed um, and the the servants who um, were asking who will judge and avenge our blood, uh, the fifth seal in chapter 6. Um, the pe- So there's a number of people who are supposed to be killed. And once he reads that number, I guess, is when all this stuff happens. Um but by 90 CE, by the time this letter is initially composed, um, the vast majority of, of Christians, uh, and they were Christians by that time, the temple had been destroyed, the vast majority of persecution was from Jews. Um, you know, in their waning days of power, as the temple is destroyed, it's certainly up through there from Jesus' death through the destruction of the temple, it was the you know the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and the powerful Pharisees. They were the ones who were seeking people out, like Paul. Paul was a Pharisee uh, who was seeking people out, um, and so we Revelation is often you know used in ways that I think are kind of funny looking back, like the Left Behind series where. They take it literally and kind of see what happens. And I, I, 
I would love to have a conversation with one of them. I think LaHaye is dead, but Jenkins, I think, is still alive. Um, like, I really wonder if they really believe that all of this would happen, like, literally. I, I, I don't know. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Um, but anyway, um, by the time the author is writing, he doesn't, I mean, according to tradition, John is exiled to Patmos and by the Roman authorities. And this letter is highly cryptic because he doesn't have many friends. And he, he's sending letters out. He's allowed to send letters out. Um, but they have to be, you know, highly stylized for other people to understand. And so John certainly has a chip on his shoulder for Rome. But when it talks about those who have actually been killed, um, the apostles, you know, depending on which tradition, you know, which oral tradition you follow, most of them are martyred except for John. Um, and Peter and Paul were in Rome when Nero blames the fire on Christians, and some scholars think that maybe they were killed then. Thomas, you know, goes east supposedly and is killed by a spear evangelizing people in India. Um, none of this is, you know, for sure. Um, and certainly they're, they're not just uh, powerful Jews who are killing Christians, but up until 90, you know, 20 years after the temple is destroyed, that 20 years from 70 to 90, maybe there's heightened Roman persecution. Um, but the the majority of it had been like this internal Jewish fight or debate or whatever as the Jews and increasingly Gentiles who were following Jesus were claiming to be Jews, were claiming to be a part of the community of God. And the the religious establishment based out of Jerusalem wasn't happy about it. So you get like Caiaphas saying to Jesus, it's better that y'all should die and the whole nation live. Um, Rome didn't feel any threat by Christians. Um, you know, the persecutions that would come, like under Diocletian, that was much later, the, you know, towards the, you know, near the end of the, the fall of the Roman Empire. Um, but Nero just didn't like Christians, and he was fucking crazy because he was drinking lead out of his cup or something. Um, you know, it was not a, a persecution. It was not formal. It wasn't enforced. It was like this, you know, kind of thing of on a whim where Nero um, needs a scapegoat, and he finds one in the Christians, and he kills a bunch. But um, according to Eusebius, uh, it inspires sentiment in Rome, not, you know, satisfaction. Like, what Nero did seemed to upset people, um, and Nero eventually is is overpowered. Um, but, like, he's not winning. He's To think that Revelation, uh, John, uh, is and the, the, the witnesses, the martyrs, to think that those are all, you know, good Christian kids killed by angry Romans in the Colosseum is simply not true. Um, it was definitely more complicated than that. Um, a lot of the, the symbolism that John employs is directed at Rome, but a lot of the actual persecution that he would have, you know, been witness to comes from within uh, the Jewish fold, which you know, depending on when uh, we're talking, you know, is is emerging out of, uh, Christianity is emerging out of Judaism 
and Judaism is transforming into a rabbinic Judaism with the fall of the temple. Um, so it's it's not as simple as saying these hundred forty four thousand are all you know going to be killed by lions in the Colosseum. Fuck you, Rome. It's there's all kinds of things that are killing Christians, um, and John has a particular particular kind of beef with Rome because Rome has imprisoned him. Um, but I don't think that we can say that Rome is really the, historically at least, maybe John really does have it out for Rome. I don't know. Um, but historically, we can't say that it's true that these that these martyrs are uh, at the hand of Rome. I mean, it just, it's just, it's untenable. Um, that doesn't really happen for another 100, 150 years with the formal persecutions under um, Dacian and Valerian and uh, Diocletian, um, and that, but that all comes very much later. So we we should be careful who we think of is the the antagonist, who the author thinks is the antagonist, and who history and the narrative tells us is the antagonist, um, because the easiest way to blind people to you know, reason and reality is to give them a common enemy. And if you think that the early church's common enemy was Rome, don't read Acts of the Apostles because you might be in for a rude awakening. Um, so we, we should be careful who we think you know, might be persecuting us and be honest about where it's coming from. A prayer for those who suffer for the sake of conscience. In the Book of Common Prayer. O God, our Father, whose Son forgave his enemies while he was suffering shame and death, strengthen those who suffer for the sake of conscience. When they are accused, save them from speaking and hate. When they are rejected, save them from bitterness. When they are imprisoned, save them from despair. And to us, your servants, give grace to respect their witness and to discern the truth, that our society may be cleansed and strengthened. This we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our merciful and righteous judge. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.